Matthew chapter 11, verse number 7. And as they departed, this was talking about the disciples of John that had asked if Jesus was the Messiah. Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John, and notice this phrase, What went ye out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken in the wind, verse 8. But what went ye out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment. Verse 9. But what went ye out for to see? A prophet. Notice three times the question is asked, What did you go looking for? What was it that you were looking for? And then he says in verse 16, He says, Whereunto shall I liken this generation? It is like unto children sitting in the marketplaces, calling unto their fellows. We have piped unto you, and you have not danced. We have mourned unto you, and ye have not lamented. Look to your neighbor and just say, it's back to the basics. It's back to the basics. Just, just look to the neighbor. It's back to the basics. It's back to the basics. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Back to the basics. Uh, we... And, and, and it's not unique. It's, uh, I think, proprietary to humanity. And uh, it's what's in our DNA that we, we are always looking for something new. We're always looking for something new. Uh, you, my wife's phone uh, quit working, and so she had to get a new phone, and, and, and so... She got the latest iPhone 8, and it's the same size as the one she had, but the, it doesn't fit the case right. And we were talking about it this morning, and I said, well, there's a reason for that, because they want you to buy a new case. I, I mean, I, I, took, I took mine when I got my new phone, and I just took a pocket knife and cut the back of it out. I'm going to show them. I just cut the hole bigger so the camera would work. But, you know, it's, 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 we're always looking for something new. We're always looking for something different. We, we, uh, for some reason, get, get bored with, with just the, the normalities of life and we get bored with, with the way things have been. And, uh, some of you will remember there was a, a restaurant here in town called Burgers and Fries. Now, Burgers and Fries was, was a great place. When they first opened, you went in and you could get a burger. Now, what made them unique is that the burger had various toppings you could get, different toppings that, that you could get. But as time went on, they added tacos and they added different things until the menu became so large that what they did originally become obscured they lost their basic I remember when they first opened it I mean we'd go in on a Sunday afternoon to get, get lunch and it, it, you, you had to wait because the place was full but as they added to the menu, added the, as they added new things, the clientele 
began to drift south. New, looking for something better. That, that's the propensity that we as humans have. And so when Jesus would address these, these people in Matthew chapter 11, he, he, speaking of John, he would say, what was it that you went to see? What, what, what was it that you went looking for? In fact, he, he thought the question was, was so necessary that he asked it three times. And he would give them a suggested answer. What, what went you to see? A reed shaken in the wind? You, you went to see some new thing? You, you went to see something that would stimulate you, something that would excite you, some, because we as humans tend to have a problem just living life. Now it's evident as a pastor dealing with people, some people come in and, and man, they, they like what's going on and, and they're excited about what's going on, but after a while, the newness wears off and all of a sudden they hear about something that's going on somewhere else and so they take a little sojourn because they're looking and so Jesus said what went you to see what what are you looking for when are you ever going to be satisfied when, when are you ever going to accept that that life is just to be lived and that there are good times and there are bad times and we have to learn that we've just got to bless the Lord in the good times and in the bad times Jesus would say you know we, we live in a generation that bless God if you offend anybody man it's over I mean relationships can dissolve I'm talking long-term relationships can dissolve in a moment because you offended me. I didn't like what you said. Didn't like the tone of voice you said it in. And yet Jesus said, get ready because offenses will come. I dare you to look at your boss when he tells you to do something you don't like and say, hit the road, Jack. Offenses will come. What went you out to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? What, what did you go to see? A prophet? When are you ever going to get to an understanding that life is just life. That life will give you good and life will give you bad. That life will give you friendships and life will give you broken relationships. That life will give you money and month and sometimes it gives you month. Offenses are going to come. Get ready for it. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Life, ladies and gentlemen, will give you both sides. 
Life will not just... And we're looking for utopia on this earth. We're looking for a place where there is no pain and there is no disappointment. And we want life. And some of us get our life exactly where we want it. And right when we get it where we want it, everything messes up. And, and it just goes to hell in a handbasket. And we're left thinking, oh my God, what did I do? And we start trying to figure it all. Just get ready. If you got a house, you're going to have a leaky faucet. If you drive a car, you're going to have flat tires. It's life. And he's, he, he goes on here in, in the latter part of it. And he says to them, here... Who, who can I liken this generation to? Who am I going to compare this generation with? And he says, well, it's just the same. It's, it's the same human nature as every generation. And so he said, we have piped. We've, we've played the music and you have not danced. We've, we've played the, the, the harp at the morning ceremonies and, and you have not mourned. It, it's just, there's nothing we can do to make you happy. And that's, that's what Jesus is saying. There's, there's nothing we can do because we, we want to come to a state where we're always happy. Can I tell you that is a lie? You will never be happy all the time what makes you happy today will make you unhappy tomorrow the new car I, I don't I don't know how this, the car companies figure this out but they time it to when you pay the last payment anybody else feel me today I mean when you pay the last payment is when the transmission goes out of it. Or, or the warranty, 336. Isn't that amazing? 36,000 miles and the thing goes from plum. I, I don't know how they figured it out. But they've got it all figured out. But you make the last payment. Or some of you, by the time the new car smells off, you have to go to soft suds and get a new, another new car smell so you make the next month's payment. But it's just the human nature. We're, we're not weird and we're not strange. It's just human nature. That's who we are. And when it comes to spiritual things, now, this is not unique to 2017 because if you read in the first chapter of the book of Corinth, they were having a problem with it too because there was a group of people who said, man, I love to hear Paul preach. Paul is awesome. Paul is great. Paul, man, he always talks about the road to Damascus. And then the other saying, I'm sick of hearing Damascus. I want to hear Peter. Because Peter talks about when Jesus said, upon this rock, I'll be, he talks about how he got the keys of the kingdom. And then there were some that said, them, they, 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 both of them, they don't even know how to speak. I want to hear Apollos because Apollos, when he speaks, he has the silver tongue of an orator. 
and he speaks with the prose and the grammar in place and he is refined in his speech so it's not unique to us because there are people that like some things we do and don't like some other things that we do it's just part of the human nature but I came to preach today that there is something we can get a hold of that even in the midst when we have a good day or a bad day there's something inside of us that just says God is faithful and I'm I'm going to serve him regardless of how I feel. See, we got a feely generation. I just, Pastor, I just, I'm just not feeling it today. Well, the Bible doesn't say if you feel it, you ought to praise him. It just says enter into his gates with praise and into his courts with thanksgiving. It just says let everything that have praise. Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. It doesn't tell you if everything's going right and you got money left at the end of month and the car payment's paid and, and everybody's getting along at the house and there's some food in the refrigerator. Then open your mouth and praise Him. He said regardless of the circumstances, you ought to praise Him because if you've got breath in your body, ah, Lord Jesus, help us today. If you've got breath in your body, then you ought to be praising Him. What went you to see? What would you to look at? And so, what I came to talk to you about today is just back to the basics. Back to the basics. Now, one of the things that has disturbed me of late is, and, and I've dealt with it too, so, so it's, it's not unique to you all. It's, it's something I think all of us deal with is, is when we think about and we, we, the songs we were singing right before I begin to preach, the songs we were singing, hallelujah, he has won the victory. And, and yet, week after week, I see faces that have no victory. I look in the mirror. You know, we used to sing, some of you remember this old song, said, we're a happy people. Yes, we are. We're a happy, and, and I look at it. Who there? An old song we used to sing was, I've been saved all day and I'm sad, are glad. I thought we were singing sad because when I looked at people, They had the look of sadness and not the look of gladness. Now, now I'm not, I didn't come to preach today that, that you need to go around with a $10 million smile on your face and fake it till you make it. Because there are trials and there are tests and there are times that, that we're dealing with inner struggle and it comes evident on our face. But, but it disturbs me. That we are supposed to have eternal life. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so we come together and we're not just mortal beings. We are eternal beings. And we have eternal... Slap your name. I mean slap them a little bit and tell them you got eternal life inside of you. 
you, you've got eternal life inside of you. you. You've got eternal life. There's something more going on here than just coming to a Sunday morning and singing a few songs and hearing a little message from a preacher. There's eternal life. Oh, I hear John when he said, Beloved now, beloved now, not when you get perfect, not when you get it all together, not when you get to spiritual maturity. Beloved now are we the sons of God. Beloved, I come to preach to somebody to make you happy today. To let you know that right now, in spite of your fit, Pastor, I fell this week. Okay, I understand, but get back up because now are you the Son of God. I come to preach this. Pastor, you don't know what I went through. You don't know what I did. I may not know what you did or what you went through, but I know a God now unto Him that's able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before His throne with exceeding great joy. I come to preach to somebody today that right now, right now, somebody shout now. Somebody shout now. Right now, I am a child of God. Right now, I am a child of the Most High. Right now, I have eternal life flowing through my veins. Right now, I may be disappointed with life. I may be disappointed with circumstances. But I've got eternity flowing through. Oh, Jesus, help me. I gotta hurry, I gotta hurry. So there's three things when we return to the basis. There's three things, and I want you to write them down today that, that we need to we need to think about and consider. Number one, communication. Number two, submission, and number three, generosity. Communication. What what are you talking about when you say communication? There's two things or two parts of what I would like to present to you for your consideration today when it comes to communication. First of all is praise. Praise. Now, I understand that most of our praise is predicated on our circumstances. My praise is in a direct proportion to how I feel at the moment. My praise is is really attached to the material things that I have now. That most praise. And, and you'll hear people say, praise Him for the car. Okay. Praise Him for the house. Paul said, with food, raiment, and shelter, there with the be content. So our praise is attached a lot of times to how we're feeling at the moment a direct reflection of the material assets, the, the temporal things that we have. But I've seen something in preparation for this message. Praise should be directly related not to your circumstances now, but to what God is and what God has done for us. Now I know I, I know that could be a double-edged sword because most of us think about what God has done with done for us and we attach that to the physical possessions that we have. But praise should be in direct proportion to what He has done for us in an eternal sense and not a temporary sense. Praise should be a result of he brought me out of the miry clay 
praise should be in direct result, proportion to he saved me he washed me he sanctified me he justified me praise should never be attached to something temporal I came to preach to this house today that praise should never be attached to how much money you have in a checking account or how much money you don't. Those are temporary blessings and we are thankful for them. I thank God that He's blessed me. I thank God for the things I have. I have more today than I've ever had and I'm grateful for it. But true praise is not a result of the things that I possess in this life. True praise is in direct proportion to what I have in the next life. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I came to preach today that the first line of communication, that's why the psalmist said, enter into his gates with praise. You need to praise Him that you have peace in the midst of your problem. You need to praise Him that you have peace in the midst of lives up and downs. He said, my peace give I unto you, not as the world giveth. See, you got to learn to praise Him that He spoke to the troubled sea of your life when you were like a derelict, a ship without direction on the high sea. But He spoke peace, be still. And the sea of your life Ladies and gentlemen, I came to preach today that your praise ought to be in proportion to the peace that you have. But I wonder how much peace we really have. Peace that passes understanding. We sing peace, peace, wonderful peace. And we're sitting there with anxiety. Did you take your meds today? Some of you might should have taken a double dose. We're a little worried about you. And we're worried about tomorrow. And we're worried about, you know, and Jesus said things like, take no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. And yet some of you, I'm preaching to right now about peace. And you, if, you, if we could see on the inside of you right now, and some of you praying, God, don't pull the cover back right now. And, and your insides are shaking. Your, your insides are filled with worry and anxiety. I don't know what I'm going to do, and I don't know who I'm going to turn to. But see, there's a praise that comes from a peace of God that passes understanding. There's a praise that says, even in the midst of not knowing how it's going to turn out, I still have a praise because I serve a God that is... I serve a God that never vacillates. He never slumbers. He never sleeps. I hear Paul said that in Him we live and we move and we have our being. And in Him there is no darkness, neither is there shadow of turning. I hear Him when He says in John chapter 14 and verse number 1, let not your heart be troubled. Touch your neighbor right now and say, don't let your heart be troubled. Let your heart, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't, don't let your heart be flipped. 
flip-flopping. Don't let your heart be filled with fear and anxiety. But pastor, you don't know what I'm going through and, and you don't know where I'm at right now and perhaps I don't. But I do know a God that'll give you a song in the middle of the night. I do know a God that says weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I do know a God that says, oh, I walk through the valley of Baca, though my tears become a fountain. He's going to wipe away every tear from my eye. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I came to preach to somebody that our praise has been misplaced. Our praise comes out of our life circumstances of the temporary. But when you begin to understand that all of this is going to pass away, heaven and earth shall pass away. And you begin to understand, but I have hope. I have eternal life. I have peace. I have joy. I have something the world can't. I feel like preaching to somebody today. When you understand that in you is an everlasting hope, it produces a praise that is unmatched by any praise of a car or any praise of a house or any praise of temporary things because it's birthed out of eternity. Look at your neighbor and say, he's preaching good today. They go buy the CD. Praise. And the second element of, of communication is prayer. Prayer, most of our prayer, or a lot of our prayer is based out of, Oh God! In a moment of a crisis, when Brother MasterCard is exhausted and Sister Visa has been declined and we got one of those NSFs like the little boy said, Daddy, I know you got money because you still got checks. Oh, yeah. And, and one thing that I've, I, I have a hard time understanding is, is how somebody can sit on the phone for three or four hours. I, I, I didn't come to preach your condemnation today. And yet, talking to God, we can say everything we want to say to God in 30 seconds. And I think one of the reasons is we've made prayer into something prayer was never intended to be. Because, you know, for most people, prayer, you've got to mess up your face. And, and, and you, you know, if, if you pray and don't shed any tears, I mean, you're like, oh, wow, I really pray. And you got to put your hand a certain way. Makes you pray. As if. You need sympathy. Prayer 
is the opportunity to communicate but but uh, well you know I don't know really how to say it well you knew how to say it to Sadie oh Jesus I'm going to make a mess of this you just spent 40 minutes telling somebody else why don't you take the same conversation and have it with him I, I, I'm a little mixed up today that we can tell everybody and, and, then, and then we have this problem of well I don't know if I want to share that with God or not really he already knows hey he knew before you did it he knew before you said it. Psalms 139 says, He knows my downsetting and He knows my uprising. He understands my thought from afar off. Lo, He knows the word that's in my tongue before I ever say it. And yet I'm not sure I want to share that with God, but you'll share it with somebody that can't fix it. Help me understand something, ladies and gentlemen. You'll share it with everybody else, but you won't take time. And prayer is not some religious ritual. Hey, well, I gotta pray it right because the person next to me, I want them to, I want them to know I'm praying right. And Jesus upbraided the Pharisees because they prayed wanting people to hear what they were saying. But it was the, the publican who said, just smote his breast saying, God, would you be merciful to me, a sinner? God, would you have mercy on me for my faults and my shortcomings? God, I messed up again this week. I'm sure you already knew. Prayer. The opportunity to communicate. The opportunity to talk. How many know how to talk here today? Liars, we need an altar call right now. How many know how to talk? Then you know how to pray. I'm just saying we need to go back to the basics. We need to just go back and have a conversation with our maker. Do you think when God came to walk with Adam in the cool of the day, it was, oh, thou mighty great creator of the universe, I bow before the humbly with, with... No, the Bible just says that Adam talked with God. Adam walked with God in the cool of the day. What I'm trying to tell you is the basis. Let's get rid of the religious crud today and let's go back to the basis. Uh, I have the opportunity to communicate. I have the opportunity to have a conversation. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, let's get out of the mindset that I've got to say it right. You'll never say it right. How can you impress God who is infinite with your finite ability? Uh, just simply talk. Back to the basics. Look at your neighbor and say, back to the basics. Back, lose your religious prayers. Lose your religious prayers. 
you're not impressing us and you're not impressing God either. The second thing is submission. Submission is an amazing word, and golly, I'm over, over time already. Submission, I gotta hurry. Submission is when you submit or you come under authority. There was a centurion came to Jesus one day and he said, My, my servant is, is dying. Would you come? Uh, he said, He said, No, don't come. And Jesus said, I will come. And, G and the, the centurion said, no, don't come. I'm a man of authority. And he said, I understand authority. So when I say go, my servants go. When I say come, they come. He said, all you need to do is speak the word. All you need to do is speak. Submission. We read of Christ. If you read in the second book of Philippians, you will understand that Christ submitted himself to the authority of of the Father. He become obedient unto death. Let me help you real quick. Just number two, fasting. Fasting is the ability to submit to the higher authority. Prayer connects you spiritually. Fasting brings your body under submission. We, we began five days of, of prayer and fasting today. Fasting is the only thing that will bring your flesh under submission. If you got a problem with lust, if you got a problem with an addiction, if you got a problem with with money, if you got a problem, whatever it is, if you begin to fast, you will bring your body under submission. If you're trying to break a habit, go on a fast. It will bring your body under submission. Now that's all I'm going to say with that, and I hope you join us. The third thing was generosity. Generosity is when you open yourself to become a conduit rather than close yourself to become a reservoir now I don't have time to go in this maybe we'll do it at another time but I want to I want to read from you from Philippians 4 17 the reason that I as a pastor will teach on tithing and offering is because I understand that through that the blessings of God flows some of you struggle with this but I'm just telling you that that's how God operates. And so Paul is talking in Philippians to the Philippian church, and he's talking about how the, the church of Philippi ministered unto his needs and blessed him. And in verse 17, let's just, I, I got to go because we're out of time. He said, not that I'm looking for handouts. He, he just mentioned in 16 that you have blessed me not once but twice. And he said, it's not that I'm looking for handouts. This is out of the message version. But notice the rest. But I do want you to experience the blessing that issues from generosity. So when I as a pastor will talk about tithing and offering, I'm not talking about it because we have a need as a church. But I'm talking about it so you can understand that that's how God operates. When we bring our tithe and we bring our offering, tithing is 10% off of what God blesses us with. I, I give 10% every everything God blesses me with. I was blessed with a deal not too long ago and, and I got a really good deal on something and, and, and what I normally would have paid, I tithed on that to the Lord because I thought that was an increase. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm just saying I have learned that God's blessings flow 
because of my generosity. And so he's saying to the church of Philippi, I want you to be blessed. I want you to experience what comes from God through your generosity. Now, go home, put this in your notes, and go home and read Deuteronomy chapter 15. Deuteronomy 15 is an amazing chapter. And it talks about how that if, he's, he first of all said, you're going to have the poor. The poor is going to be with you. Jesus said it. He said, the poor have you have with you always. But he said, if one of your brothers, he first of all talks about the stranger, and that's interesting, but he gets down to the brethren. And he said, if, if one of your brethren finds themselves where they have to hire out to you, after six years of labor, you are to release them. You are to let them go. But he said, when you let them go, I don't want you to send them away empty-handed. I want you to bless them with cattle and sheep and everything that you have. I want you to give them a fresh start. I want, and what he's saying is, I want you to be generous in releasing somebody. And here's the final thing I came to preach today. Because here's, I think, the thing that keeps us from just going back to the basis. And it has created a religious attitude that is causing us to add more and more and more requirements to being a child of God. And we're no different than, the, than they were when, when God gave them the original Ten Commandments. And before it was over, they had 900 more traditions that were added. That's religion, ladies and gentlemen. That's religion. You keep adding. And you know what happens when you keep adding? You keep coming under condemnation. That's why we walk in here with long faces a lot of times. Because we don't know if we're really saved or not. Because we don't really know if we're doing enough or not. And so we're living in condemnation. I want to take you back to the bases today. Communication, submission, and generosity. And if the church will get back to communication, to submission, and to generosity, we will live happy lives. We will live joyous lives. We will live fulfilled lives. But too many of us, even here today, and I feel the spirit coming to lift today. Too many of us are back under a spirit of bondage to fear. And we're living under fear. I stand unequivocally to say to you today that I am saved. I stand here today to tell you that if the Jesus comes or he takes me right now, that I will hear him say, well done. I live with that, ladies and gentlemen. That brings joy to me, ladies and gentlemen. I don't live under the bondage of fear of, I wonder if I'm doing, and see, here's what happens. When you begin to live under that fear, you can point fingers at other people that aren't living it quite as, and went to meddling, pastor. When we add all these things, we can point fingers at one another and with condemnation and judgment because they're not measuring up to us. But I got to tell you, you're not the ruler. Take your tape measure and put it back in your back pocket. I'm not trying to measure up to your requirements. I'm trying to measure up to his. 
I'm trying to live a life that is acceptable. And so I close today by simply saying as Paul, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your body a living sacrifice. I came to tell somebody he's not looking for a dead religious life. He's looking for some people who are alive. He's looking for some people who have the Spirit of God living down inside of them. And so I just came to tell somebody today, let's go back to the basics. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, let's go back to the basics. I hear him say, would you talk to me? I hear him say, would you talk to me? I'm listening. I hear the old song that said, just a little talk with Jesus. Just a little talk with Jesus. Just a little talk. I feel a little prayer wheel turning. And I know that a little fire is burning. Have a little talk with you. Touch your neighbor and say, talk to him. Talk to him. He's listening to you. He's waiting to hear from anybody. Am I preaching to you today? Talk to him. He wants to hear from you. It's been a long time since he's heard your voice. But talk to him. The Spirit says, talk to me. I'm a listening. And he said, present your body a living sacrifice. Holy. The word holy doesn't mean how you dress. The word holy doesn't mean a lot of things that we've made it to mean. The word holy just means separate yourself unto. Just push yourself away from the things that you used to do and get close to Him. Present your body. I'm sacred. My wife and I pledged ourselves over 35 years ago to one another and we've kept our relationship holy because I pledged myself to her and she pledged herself to me. That's what he's talking about when he says, present your body a living sacrifice, holy. I'm yours, Lord. I'm yours. My life belongs to you. I'm going to serve you. Hallelujah. I wish I'd get a good amen or a Baptist nod in here today. Here's somebody. Talk to to me today present your body holy acceptable what's that mean acceptable well it takes you into the general generosity part the acceptable offering the acceptable gift I, I, I don't want to give you something you don't want how many times ladies and gentlemen have we tried to give him something that he wasn't interested in we get a little religious attitude. Well, I gave him this and he didn't want that. He, he doesn't want your leftover. He wants your best. He doesn't want your spare time and your spare change. He wants to be king of your life. He wants to sit on the throne of you. Am I preaching to anybody today? And so I just came to tell you today, communication, submission, and generosity.